We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. If you work in a school, you've probably got some kids that have experienced some sort of trauma. As someone who's not a therapist or a counselor or a social worker, this has been a really hard challenge for me. I've attended a lot of trainings from amazing social workers, but I always left feeling like there just needed to be something special for educators. So I created a course on how to learn how to deal with trauma in your school, and you can get it right now at jethrojones.com slash trauma. You can even check out the first lesson of 10 for free. That's jethrojones.com slash trauma. Go there and check it out. This is a 10-week course for only 10 minutes each week. It's intended to give you a little bit of information and then let you go and do your work of being an educator. I hope you enjoy it. It's at jethrojones.com slash trauma. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 271. I'm going to continue my conversation with Larry Villiard about his school and the amazing things that they're doing. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, it's a great conversation about shared leadership and how he is a humble and awesome leader, and you're going to hear some great things happening. So thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle and enjoy the rest of my interview with Larry Villiard. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that shared leadership and and how that is different or plays a part in the PLC process and and what you're what you mean when you say shared leadership, because I'm sure that teachers have come and gone during those last 10 years and that 
you know, students have certainly come and gone. I mean, you've been through almost a whole entire cohort from kindergarten through 12th grade. Correct. And so talk about what that shared leadership means and how you keep people engaged in, in the yeah. process when there's change. Great question, Jethro. And so we developed this leadership team, which is representative now of every, it started out with 12, uh, four from each school, elementary, middle and high school. Now we have at sometimes 20 people come to our leadership meetings, which we, we have a leadership meeting every month, once a month. And then after every one of our professional development activities that we do as an entire staff, we always have a follow-up leadership meeting the next morning to assess that and review that professional development. But anyway, after the first year, then we invited anybody that wanted to become part of the leadership team to do so. We wanted to have full representation from every part of our school, you know, from from our tech ed people, from our specials in art and music, to elementary, middle, high school, to board members. We wanted everybody to take a part. And what we wanted was just a shared collective capacity for building change and making school improvements, just trying to get expertise from every level in our school and say, you know, what's working? What do we need to improve on? What are some issues you're feeling among staff? So when we come together for these meetings, we have a set of norms. We follow every meeting. We have a very set time limit. The meetings start at 3.30. They can never go past five because we recognize the importance of time to everybody. They've just worked a full school day. But anyway, we always have an agenda. Sometimes our agendas focus on the professional development that's going to come up on our once a month early releases. And that's a that's evolved in some just some awesome things for our staff to work on for the, every one of those afternoons. We kind of emphasize interdependent interaction and practice rather than individual and independent. Just We don't have any formal leadership roles or responsibilities, just trying to get everybody to feel comfortable, to trust in each other's expertise and share that um, with a mutual respect, being very transparent. And, you know, you really can't have that until you transform into becoming a true PLC, where you just realize that you need to collaborate with each other. You need to work um, side by side and share what works. So after we will have a meeting, all of our notes, we always have a note taker at every note, at every meeting. We always have a person that refocuses us if we get off on a tangent or get off the agenda. And then we report out. We share the notes with our entire staff. And, you know, if we use a process that we learned in some other professional development called the six hat process, when we have a real crucial issue that involves a staff concern or could lead to some school improvement. If it gets down to where we don't get a consensus, we apply the six app process and really dive into it and go right down the six steps and then come to a consensus that manner. But we really hope then everybody goes back. We tell staff, here's our notes. Here's what we did. Now get back to somebody on the leadership team, you know, in person via email however you want, with anything you want to add, anything you have a question about. We've just tried to be totally transparent and make everybody feel welcome and that we want everyone to share their ideas. So what are some of the things that you have seen that that have come out of this 
type of shared leadership that would not have happened had you not had this process in place? Well, one of the first things, Jethro, is all of the uh, professional sharing we've done, our book studies. I mentioned the Learn by Doing book with the Dufours. We did a, a staff-wide book study on that. Then we got John Hattie's book, uh, Visible Learning for Teachers, did a book study on that. Our superintendent agreed to buy educational leadership. I don't know if you've seen that magazine. I would imagine yep. you have. But yep. that's become such a valuable resource for us. So every month, we'll just say at 7.30 this morning, we're going to have an article share. Everybody read this month's EL magazine. Pick out an article that um, is intrigues you and come and share. Come and share your article. So we'll have coffee and rolls at 7.30 in the morning. We'll have never have under less than 20 staff. Sometimes we'll have almost 30 it's just so heartwarming. They come, they just talk about the article they've read. And I always have to stop them at eight o'clock because the kids are coming. We never have enough time. It's just amazing. But now we've done several more. We just right now are currently in a book study um, with Taking Action, the handbook for RTI at work. And that's such a great review of our PLC journey and RTI and PBIS and all that fits in with that just as um, I don't know if you guys in Alaska are under educator effectiveness, but uh, that's our teacher evaluation system here in Wisconsin, which I think has been a long time coming, but it fits so great with a true PLC process. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've found, we have different evaluator frameworks up here. Marzano and Danielson are, are two that are big up here. Yep. And what I find is that teachers who are really doing the work that you're talking about are living in that distinguished zone because so much of it is student-driven, so much of it is data-driven, and it's hard to not be excellent when you're applying the principles that you're talking about. Exactly. You know, and the other thing that, you know, that distributive leadership and PLC led to was our, our true look at student data, aligning those assessments and interventions, uh, really following that RTI process and, uh, you know, having just designated data days where we get together with our staff and share that data and discuss, uh, you know, what kids need interventions, what interventions need to be changed, uh, who needs a more intensive one, who needs, a, you know, a possible referral. So it's just been great all the way around. Yeah, that is, that is excellent. So as you were talking, you talked about, you know, people choosing to come to these meetings, the article share and other things. And so, you know, there are some things that are required or that you are tight on and there are some things that you're loose on. Can you talk a little bit about the things that you're tight and loose on? Sure. That's a great question too. You know, so we're very tight on the actual data days. You know, that's that's something staff have to take part in. We, you know, obtain substitute teachers for them on those days. Sometimes they're just a half a day. The one in at the end of the year is a full day because then they meet with the staff above and the staff below them for grade level at the elementary level. There's some days where those days we look at our curriculum and scope and sequence. So we'll have middle school with high school. Those things are required. Our early release days, those are days when staff have been told they, they can't take those days off for vacation or can't schedule appointments on those days unless it's an emergency. Those are designated staff development, professional development days. The things we're loose on 
our leadership meetings. That's totally volunteer. We don't tell anyone they have to come, although as part of our norms, when you agree to be on the leadership team, we expect you to participate and and to have as good of attendance as you can. Totally, our book studies and our article shares are all volunteer. We're very flexible on those. We want to, you know, have staff ownership in those. So we want them to that to be something that is important to them and something they are eager to take part in. So those are never required. And that's why when we have such great attendance, it's such a positive thing for us. Yeah, that's that's just so interesting. So through this, you've, you've led to other things like changing to a trimester system, adopting standards-based grading in elementary and part of high school and different things like that. What What do you want to say about those transitions to a trimester and standards-based grading? Another very good question, Jethro. You know, after watching this middle school soar like they have and when we eliminated the study halls there in middle school and how that changed not only their the student success and achievement rate, but how it changed discipline referrals. And, you know, we, we use CPM, college prep math, all the way from middle school, all the way through high school. We've been on that for many, many years. And we use math expressions at the elementary level, which leads into college prep math. And so we knew right from the get-go that our 44-minute days were really not teaching CPM math with fidelity. And so we've been, but we didn't want to make it a top-down decision. Since we've gone to distributive leadership, we really try not to be a top-down school from for the most things we can be. We want things to come from our staff because then they we have total buy-in just like when you went to PLC and in the middle school schedule, that came from them. Um, And so we wanted to do the same thing with the high school when we started hearing talk of trimester. So the staff that came to us and we were looking at some other schools and especially our math teachers saying, oh, we really need more time. If we're going to raise our math scores, we've got to teach this curriculum with fidelity. It calls for a 60 minute period. And I said, I totally agree with you. I said, I want you to talk to other staff. I said, I don't want it to come from me. I don't want it to come from our superintendent. I want all of you to buy in. When you buy in, when you say it's time to move, then we're going to send you out to see other schools in a trimester. We will start working to implement. We will come up with a schedule. So two years ago, we felt we had enough staff on board. We are hearing enough about it. So we said, okay, let's come together. When do you want to do this? Are you comfortable starting? the start of this school year? We want to take another year. Do you want to do more visits to other schools? We sent a team of staff to visit four schools that ran on a trimester and they came back, shared with staff. And then we surveyed all of our staff and we felt there was enough apprehension of enough staff said, I think we should go slower. Let's wait till the following year. So we told everybody we're not starting this fall of 1819. We're going to start 1920. And so now you can start to plan. You need to plan your lessons. You need to go up and observe our middle school. You need to go observe in other schools. We give you a list of where you can go. I'll set up the visits for you. I'll get subs for you. So all that's been happening now. My two math teachers are are going uh, next week to a school that it's been on a trimester for several years. That's kind of been our model school. We've been, they've been so happy to share with us. I sent two of our special ed teachers there last week uh, because they had several questions about 
what's going to happen to our special ed students when they only have English the first and third trimester? What do they do second trimester? Just very honest questions that needed an answer. And I said, you need to go see what they're doing at at Shitek. So all that's been happening. And uh, so at now our plan here, the schedule's all made. The staff has got to see the schedule. They've got to make recommended changes to it. They know what their classes are going to be. We're starting to schedule our students right now. And then in May, once our seniors leave, they always leave a week early than the rest of our, our student body. And then we're going to have at least one day and we might do an entire week of of practice on our six period day and staff will have to have lessons prepared to meet that. And uh, then we'll fully implement uh, next fall in my, you know, I'm hoping everybody will see once we eliminate the study halls in the high school, we're going to have, we're going to decrease discipline referrals. We're going to increase learning achievement and I'll bet you our math scores will go up. Yeah, I I think you're right. I love that approach of of trying it out the last week of school, which you know most people think of as a throwaway week anyway. And this, what a great way to keep it, keep people focused and yes. to to change things up so that the kids are a little intrigued and engaged about how it's going to be different. I just think that is a that's really cool. Yeah, we sure hope that's going to be a positive result. It's going to sure take some uh, struggles for some, and some staff will jump right in and won't have an issue at all. But then we have to be open and honest, and we have to uh, get some help for those that may struggle. And uh, we sure have people in on our own staff here willing to do that. We have some very dynamic leaders that always step up and are very willing to share, and, you know, we always help. When we get new staff, we always give them two or three mentors, and uh, so they get off on a great start. And we've been very fortunate. We don't have a lot of staff turnover, but uh, this past year was the most turnover we've had just because uh, people are starting to retire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the, this has been a great conversation, and I'm, I've got a bunch more questions, but I want to respect your time and, and, and close us up. The last question I ask is, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you, Larry? Well, I think you need to have an open mind. I think you need to realize that we aren't the sole driver of the school. We don't have all the answers. We And if you're like me, uh, you're not the most intelligent uh, <laughs> bolt on the <laughs> rack here. And I've always recognized that. I, I miss my days as a teacher. I was a teacher for 16 years, but I've loved my job as a principal. And so I've just tried to realize how many talented staff I have. And I try to tap into them all the time. I'm just always asking them to share their ideas. And that would be my word of advice for anybody wanted to be a more transformative principal is respect your staff, the intelligence they have, and tap into them. Uh, make them feel proud of their intelligence and what they have to share. And honestly, look at their ideas and Ask them to share with colleagues, and especially if it leads to school improvement. Yeah, great, great advice. Larry, how can people connect with you and learn more from you? Well, they can, they can surely always call here at Bruce High School. I have email. Um, I think you'll probably send my email out. I do have a Twitter account. I'm really not a, a tweeter myself, but I have the account because I follow a lot of people, and I'm always open to a visit. I'm just so always happy to share. I've just learned so much from other people. I really feel like 
everything I've learned, I've borrowed and begged and stolen from people uh, much more intuitive and, and especially creative than me. But uh, I'm just a person that likes to share and meet new people. So I'm always open to that, Jethro. Yep. And can you share your Twitter handle? I can. It's it's Villiard6. Okay. So I will put a link to that in the show notes that people can get at transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 271. Thank you so much, uh, Larry, for your time. It's been great talking to you, and I feel smarter because of it. Well, thank you very much, and this was very exciting, and I thank you for all the work you do, Jethro, to help us all become better with sharing your podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.